Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time, Lord. We ask you to bless it, Lord. We ask you to uh, speak to us directly through your word, Lord. And, and Father, thank you for um, opening up our eyes to see Jesus in the scriptures, Father, and open up the wonders and the mysteries that you want us to know about, Lord. And we praise you. We thank you. In, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today is May 27th. We're looking at 2 Samuel 12, 1 through 31. Back with King David. So, so the Lord sent Nathan, the prophet, to tell David this story. There were two men in a certain town. One was rich and one was poor. The rich man owned a great many sheep and cattle. The poor man owned nothing but one little lamb he had bought. He raised that little lamb, and it grew up with his children. It ate from the man's own table and drank from his cup. He cuddled it in his arms like a baby daughter. One day a guest arrived at the home of the rich man, but instead of killing an animal from his own flock or herd, he took the poor man's lamb and killed it and prepared it for his guest. David was furious. As surely as the Lord lives, he vowed, any man who would do such a thing deserves to die. He must repay four lands to the poor man for the one he stole and for having no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are that man. The Lord, the God of Israel, says, I anointed you king of Israel and saved you from the power of Saul. I gave you your master's house and his wives and the kingdoms of Israel and Judah. And if that had not been enough, I would have given you much, much more. Why then have you despised the word of the Lord and done this horrible deed? For you have murdered Uriah the Hittite with the sword of the Ammonites and stolen his wife. From this time on, your family will live by the sword because you have despised me by taking your wife to be your own. This is what the Lord says, Because of what you have done, I will cause your own household to rebel against you. I will give your wife to another man before your very eyes, and he will go to bed with them in public view. You did it secretly, but I will make this happen to you openly in the sight of all Israel. Then David confessed to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, Yes, but the Lord has forgiven you, and you will die for this sin. Nevertheless, because you have shown utter contempt for the Lord by doing this, your child will die. After Nathan returned to his home, the Lord sent a deadly illness to the child of David and Uriah's wife. David begged God to spare the child. He went without food and lay all night on the bare ground. The elders of his household pleaded with him to get up and eat with them, but he refused. Then on the seventh day, the child died. David's advisors were afraid to tell him. He wouldn't listen to reason. While the child was ill, they said, What drastic things will he do when he, we tell him the child is dead? When David saw them whispering, he realized what had happened. Is the child dead? he asked. <gasps> Yes, they replied, he is dead. Then David got up from the ground, washed himself, put on lotion, and changed his clothes. He went to the tabernacle and worshipped the Lord. After that, he returned to the palace and was served food and ate. 
His advisors were amazed. We don't understand you, they told him. While the child was living, you wept and refused to eat. But now the child is dead. You have stopped your mourning and are eating again. David replied, I fasted and wept while the child was alive, for I said, Perhaps the Lord will be gracious to me and let the child live. But why should I fast when he is dead? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him one day, but he cannot return to me. Then David comforted Bathsheba his wife and slept with her. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son, and David named him Solomon. The Lord loved the child and sent word through Nathan the prophet that they should name him Jedediah, Jedediah, which means beloved of the Lord, as the Lord had commanded. Meanwhile, Job was fighting against Rabbah, the capital of Ammon, and he captured the royal fortifications. Joab sent messengers to tell David, I have fought against Rabbah and captured his water supply. Now bring the rest of the army and capture the city. Otherwise, I will capture it and get credit for the victory. So David gathered the rest of the army and went to Rabbah, and he fought against it and captured it. David removed the crown from the king's head, and it was placed on his own head. The crown was made of gold and set with gems and weighed 75 pounds. David took a vast amount of plunder from the city. He also made slaves of the people of Rabbah and forced them to labor with saws and iron and picks and iron axes and to work in the brink kilns, brick kilns, that is how to deal with the... That is how he dealt with the people of all the Ammonite towns. Then David and all the army returned to Jerusalem. Okay, uh, very quick like... The thing that was interesting is this passage that I see right here in uh, I gave you your master's house and his wives and the kingdoms of Israel and Judah and if that had not been enough I would have given you much much, much more. more yeah but he said he, you know he, but when you have despised the word of the Lord horrible horrible deed and then down on verse 10, because you have despised me, despising the Lord, by taking your Iowa. So when we sin, we're actually dis not just sinning, we're despising the Lord who put this, the law down. You know, he's taking it personally. <laughs> That's yeah. why people say that all sin is against God, it's not about against each other. Mm. Yeah, good point. Um, mm -hmm. But I really like the much, much more. It's like when you have a problem, you know, the Lord, you know, if you don't have what you need, He desires to give you much, much more for your situation. You know, before you react to something, you know, um, in whatever your situation is, He's ready. You just have to petition Him and work. You know, be get get in the presence of him so he can help you. You know, so much more. So much more. Amen. David begged God to spare the child. He went without food and lay all night on the bare ground. Okay. Then when the, after the child is, it's interesting that David he he said. You know, it's really interesting when we have relatives that are sick. That's the time that we should fast and pray and, and, and seek the Lord 
And then when they're gone, <clears throat> we should eat and get uh -huh. together with the family Amen. members. And, you know, if he's born again, we have Amen. a celebration. Amen. You know, we That's don't a good go point. Yeah. in the morning like some of the Catholics do. Mm -hmm. They get on their knees and mm -hmm. they start praying for their soul for days and weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing that's really it's interesting. A bit, it's a good point. Can I bring him back again? You know, it's like, why should I fast when he's dead? Can I bring him back again? Nothing yeah. that you can do is going to bring that, that person back again. Um, and I will go to him one day, but he cannot return to me. So it was real like, maybe the fasting strengthened them. Strengthened Amen. him. Amen. That's interesting. I didn't see that too. I'm yeah. going to go to him. Where's that at? Um, it's in number 23. But why should I fast when he's dead? Can I, I bring I will go to him one day, but he cannot return to right. me. Beautiful. That's good. But the other thing that is really neat, it says right here that uh, well, then David got up from the ground, washed himself, put on lotions, and changed his clothes. See, that's me at 5 in the morning. And mm -hmm. he went to the tabernacle and worshipped the Lord. See, he had to get out of his house, go down to church with the tabernacle. And he says he didn't pray. He says he worshipped God. He sang songs to him. He worshipped him. Mm. And then he returned. See, because he was already in the mood by fasting. He, and then he came back to his house and he served and he ate his food. Mm. So that's, you know... We should do a little worshiping when the, right before we drink our coffee and so forth because mm -hmm. we've been fasting for more than half mm -hmm. a day. Mm -hmm. We should worship the Lord and give Him praise and thanksgiving. The other interesting thing is that the Lord loved the second child because He had forgiven David. The Lord had forgiven you. And sent word through Nathan the prophet that they should name him Jedediah, verse 25 which means beloved of the Lord at the Lord's command. Again, they had contempt for the Lord because I don't see them naming the boy Jedediah. Right. Yeah. You know, you uh -huh. don't see his name. Maybe they did give him a second name, mm -hmm. but they, uh, which means beloved of the Lord. What a beautiful mm -hmm. name, huh? Jedediah, beloved of the Lord. Amen. So when we talk to each other, we should say, I should say, Anna, mm -hmm. beloved of the Lord. Yes, If you Fernando. don't cook, cook me a steak this morning, I'm going to go to Danny's and use the credit card. Beloved of the Lord. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. And uh, it's interesting how his commander uh, said, come on, let's go capture the royal fictions. And he, he said, well, he goes, bring your army and capture the rest of the thing. And you can get credit for the victory. And an incredible amount of plunder he took from the people. Uh-huh. Gold gems weighing seven. I can't even phantom that seventy-five pounds. David must have been extremely shaped to hold seventy-five pounds on his head. But I mean, yeah, seventy-five pounds. Mm. That's a lot of weight. Okay, would you please read John sixteen one to thirty-three? Okay, let me go there. John sixteen one to thirty-three. Please. Okay, here we go. Um, it says here, I have told you these things so you won't abandon your faith. For you will be expelled from the synagogues and the time is coming when those who kill you will think they're doing a holy service for God. 
This is because they've never known the Father or me. Yes, I'm telling you these things now so that when they happen, you will remember my warning. I didn't tell you earlier because I was going to be with you for a while longer. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me and not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I told you. But in fact, it's best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do, if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of the, this world has already been judged. There's so much more I want to tell you. But you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of Truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever He receives from me. All that belongs to the Father's mind, that is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever He receives from me. In a little while, you won't see me anymore, but in a little while after that you will see me again some of the disciples asked each other what does he mean when he says in a little while you won't see me but then you will see me and I'm going to the father what does he mean by a little while we don't understand Jesus realized that they wanted to ask him about it so he said are you asking yourselves what I meant I said in a little while you won't see me but a little while after that you will see me again I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn into wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. When her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she's brought a new baby into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again then you will rejoice, and no one can rob you of that joy. Amen. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. I haven't done this before. Ask using anything in my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. I've spoken of these matters in figures of speech, but soon I will stop speaking figuratively and will tell you plainly all about the Father. Then you will ask in my name. I'm not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you dearly because you love me and believe, believe I came from God. Yes, I came from the Father into the world, and now I will leave the world and return to the Father. Then his disciples said, At last you're speaking plainly and not figuratively. Now we understand that you know everything. There's no need to question you. From this we believe that you came from God. Jesus asked, Do you finally believe? But the time is coming, indeed, it's here now, when you will be scattered. Each one of you going his own way, leaving me alone. I am, yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. 
I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Amen. Amen. All right, it's interesting right here uh, uh, in the beginning, you know, our, our main, when, you, when we drink alcohol, it, it takes away hope, trust, faith, and believing. You know, it's, it's amazing how unbelieving we can become. Suspicious, jealous. Um, and I like where it says right here in John uh, 9, 8, and when he comes, he will convict the world of his sin, uh -huh. and of God's righteousness, uh -huh. and of the coming judgment, 8, now 9. <laughs> then it explains what he's talking about. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Amen. See, we already have a believer intact, and if, if we're believing in Father God, it's easier to make the transition. Amen. But number 10, righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see. See, this is the key to riches right here. Mm -hmm. Righteousness is available because I, go to, I go to the Father. In other words, he's going to go to the cross. You're going to be, a clean bill is available to you, a clean ticket to go into heaven and to live, uh, you know, a sinless life, no guilt, uh, and benefits. And then judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. So that's verse 11. And in other words, if you don't get under his canopy, you're going to be stuck in canopy 11 with judgment. You'll be judged because you'll be right along with the rule of this world that has already been pronounced judgment. So you're under the curse. When I don't believe, and that you, we talk to people, you know, the judgment is already under there. Um, the other thing is, is about the Holy Spirit. Uh, that the Holy Spirit would be our advocate. Mm -hmm. He will speak for us. And, and actually, I was reading down here, and it says that the Holy Spirit is more like like a, 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 a senior lawyer giving us, a junior lawyer giving us instruction on how to speak in court. You know, he's, he's giving us, he's encouraging us, he's strengthening us, and he's, you know, he's uh, coaching us and how to how to say it. so that's why we have to we have to talk to him and ask him Holy right. Spirit what do you think about this situation right. we need Holy to give Spirit, him more honor I need I need your counsel Involve him. Holy Spirit hmm. thank you for walking with me and talking with me and guiding me today I honor you and you know worship the Holy Spirit you know um, he said what I received from the Father then I will tell you so to I was picturing, here's God, the, here's the Father. The Father relays the information to Jesus, and then Jesus passes it on to the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then, then we... And, and that, and that kind of, there's a scripture that says that, you know, when you groan, that's a prayer. Like, you, you can't even pray. You reverse the process. Yeah, right. And so the Holy Spirit picks that up and prays it up for you. Thing you're not able to do. What's going on with this one person? Yeah. Uh huh. So it's a that's amazing. Yeah. It's so, an intimate one-on-one so -on -one advocate. In tongues. Yes. Praying in tongues. 
that that too, but the the scripture says, you know, but it says uh, that the are groanings that cannot be uttered. That, that's not yeah, that's that's a group. But I've also heard Pastor Prince teach us that he said even a sigh, Father, or just Amen. you know, even the groaning, you you can't get it out. You know, well, the Holy saying. Spirit is constantly Spirit. sending messages yeah. in the, in our state. I guess if we're sad, yeah, or if we're you know, or we're unbelieving, you know, it's he like needs a, a prayer. But like, we're believing. It's like our well, advocate. We, we qualify and we have faith. I mean, for, if for you're more. if you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit. He's your advocate. He's your personal advocate to help you. And we need to give him more honor. And you know that's something I need to work on. Amen. Um, Beautiful. Did you have another point after before I jumped in on that? Uh, well, yeah. Uh, uh, Twenty-three. Uh-huh. It says, uh, at that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and He will grant you. And I like the word grant. Grant, you don't have to pay it back. It's a, right. it's a grant from mm, heaven. Amen. Uh, your request, because you use my name. And then you haven't done this before. Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth gives a great illustration about this. He said his his son was sick and he had to go to the doc- he had to go to work at that time. He hasn't gone in his ministry of praying for people. Mm. And he said he was a plumber, and he his joy was so abundant when he was working with uh, fixing some lady's uh, sink. The lady asked him, "I said, why are you so joyful?" He goes, "Because I asked the father to heal my son. He grant me." The request before I left, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why he had abundant joy. But um, we ask in Jesus' name, and the Father grants us. And Amen. In another place, we we ask Jesus to heal, mm-hmm. and Jesus works through us uh-huh. to heal others directly through His Word. We say, so uh, the Father grants us uh, the opportunity to work with, along with Jesus. So there's two two different prayers, you know, one where Jesus uh, through you speaks to the, the disease, uh-huh. and then the other one where you ask the Father God that He will grant you, uh, you know, a coffee maker or a, a new car for your ministry, uh-huh. you know, for for His glory, uh, a proper bed. He grants it to you. So Amen. We thank God for abundant joy. Amen. That's Amen. awesome. Good point. Um, he'll grant it. Give it to you. You know, our part is to believe when we petition or put the request in that we receive it and it's done and it's going to answer us. Even yeah. if it takes a year or two or three. But it's it's we have to not doubt but believe we receive it. And don't and declare correctly. You know, don't don't speak any unbelief or doubt for your petition. Just stand on the on the fact Amen. that this word says here that if we ask anything in the in the name of Jesus, um, in because you use my name, you'll receive and have abundant joy. That the Father will grant you the request because of Jesus. Amen. Um, one thing. It's kind of the very, be- you know, I love the very beginning. Um, Jesus sets the stage 
for everything he's about to tell them. There's so much to tell the disciples and uh, before he leaves. Um, but he says, I've told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. And he tells you, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. I won't be here for a little while, then I will be. You know, I'm going to the Father. I mean, he, you, you know, you're going to be expelled from the synagogue. You're going to be scattered. He tells them ahead of time. They know this information ahead of time. So they won't abandon their faith. When these situations and trials come up, you know, he wanted them to hang on to their faith, knowing that the end result was going to be abundant joy. Abundant joy. And at the end where it says, um, I have told you all this so that you may have peace. And get this, it says, in me. Peace in me. Here on earth you, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome. The world. The world. So he's pretty much spells out, here's what's going to take place. Here's the chain of events that are going to happen. You're going to mourn for me. You're going to weep. But take heart because I've overcome. But he, but because it, you have peace in me. Yes. In yes. Me. Not peace in anything else but Jesus right here. I okay. have overcome. I have the righteousness of God. Amen. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Very good. Amen. But I like, but That's see. That's a very good point. He starts it from the beginning. Yeah. He starts it in the beginning. I, I'm telling you these things so you won't abandon your faith. Mm. So I could, you know, just picture Jesus is in the room and he's talking to us and he's saying, Fernando, Anna, you guys are going to have, uh, there's going to be a time where you're going to, you know, um, you're going to go through something. But you're going to have joy if you put your peace in me because I've overcome this problem you're going to face. Amen. So he tells you straight to your face, you know, do not be troubled. Don't take, heart, take yeah, I've, I've overcome. overcome the world. Yeah, and, and and so he's telling us so we won't abandon our faith. Amen. Because he's telling us straight. This is like a straight up conversation. Amen. He wants me. He wants us to keep our faith and peace in him because he's know, overcome. One of the, the, the things is is. Uh, I love the Book of John. This always getting. That was very good. I like yeah. That. I like the way you put it in there. Yeah. Uh, he um is. You know, not a pessimistic attitude or uh, condescending mm -hmm. or jeering and, and any kind of that facetious, um, complaining, doubting, which is worse. You know, you have the faith believing, faith believing. Yes. Mm -hmm. But he's given us his down payment, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit love aches us to believe, to mm -hmm. believe. So, you know, we want to know how the full measure of faith, full measure of believing. How do we do the works of God to, to believe in the name <laughs> of the Son, you know? And faith comes by hearing, hearing and hearing, hearing. The, but ex reading the Word of God, exactly what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And I and I, this was a couple days ago that we were listening to a teaching um, that Pastor Prince was teaching. I think it's one of his older teachings. But he was saying that when you look in the in the Greek, uh -huh. When you, your faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, 
in there it says in the Greek one of the words is Christo so faith comes by hearing and hearing about Jesus Christo, Christo. yeah amen okay let's uh would you like to read the Psalms? Or you want me to read them? Go ahead and read it. Ask God for eyes to see the twisted values of the world to the sense of obeying His commands. Having sense to obey His commands. Amen. Psalms 119, 65 to 80. You have done many good things for me, Lord. Just as you promised. I believe in your commands. Now teach me good judgment and knowledge. I used to wander off until you did dis discipline me. But now I closely follow your word. You are good and do only good. Teach me your decrees. Arrogant people smear me with lies. But in truth I obey your commandments with all my heart. Their hearts are dull and stupid, but I delight in your instructions. My suffering was good for me, for I taught, it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. Your instructions are more valuable to me than millions of gold and silver. You made me, you created me, and I give me the sense to follow your commands. May all who fear you find a cause for joy. May all who fear you find in me a cause for joy. For I have put my hope in your word. I know, O Lord, that your relations are fair. You disciplined me because I needed it. Now let your unfailing love comfort me. Just as you promised me, your servant, surround me with your tender mercies so that I may live. For your instructions are my delight. Bring disgrace upon the arrogant people who lie about me. Meanwhile, I will concentrate on your commandments. Let me be united with all those who fear you, with those who know your laws. May I be blameless in keeping your decrees. Then I will never be ashamed. Amen. Proverbs 16, 4-5. The Lord has made everything for his own purpose, even the wicked for the day of disaster. The Lord detests the proud. They will surely be punished. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you, everyone, to coming today's March 10th. Bible reading. Lord, open our eyes once again and our ears and our hearts uh, and to tell us what your word is saying. Holy Spirit, come. Jesus Christ, come. Father in heaven, hold us in your hands and help us to flourish in your time and your word for your will to be done in our lives. We are obedient, Lord, by reading your word an hour a day, Lord. We thank you for this time we have together. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Reading today will be Numbers chapter 14, verse 1 for March 10th. Then the whole community began weeping out loud. They cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness. They complain, why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted among themselves, let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. 
Then Moses and Aaron fell down on their face ground before the whole community of Israel. Two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jephunneh, tore their clothing, they said to all the people of Israel. The land we traveled through and explore is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not revel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection. But the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. But the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tabernacle. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe me? Even after all these miraculous signs I have done among them, I will disown them and destroy them with a plague. Then I will make you into a nation greater and mightier than they are. But Moses objected. What will the Egyptians think when they hear about it? He asked the Lord. They know full well the power you displayed in rescuing your people from Egypt. Now, if you destroy them, the Egyptians will send a report to the inhabitants of this land who have already heard that you live among your people. They know, Lord, that you have appeared to your people face to face and that your pillar of cloud hovers over them. They know that you go before them in the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. Now, if you slaughter all these people with a single blow, the nations that have heard of your fame will say, The Lord was not able to bring them into the land he swore to give them, so he killed them in the wilderness. Please, Lord, prove that your power is as great as you have claimed. For you said, The Lord is slow to anger and filled with unfailing love, forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion. But he does not excuse the guilty. He lays the sins of the parents upon the children. The entire family is afflicted, even children in the third and fourth generation. In keeping with your magnificent, unfailing love, please pardon the sins of these people, just as you have forgiven them ever since they left Egypt. Then the Lord said, I will pardon them as you have requested. But as surely as I live and as surely as the earth is filled with the Lord's glory, not one of these people will ever enter that land. They have all seen my glorious presence and the miraculous signs I performed both in Egypt and in the wilderness. But again and again, they have tested me by refusing to listen to my voice. They will never, ever even see the land I swore to give their ancestors. None of those who have treated me with contempt will ever see it. But my servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others have. He has remained loyal to me. So I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of the land. Now turn around and don't go on toward the land where the Amalites and Canaanites live. Tomorrow you must set out for the wilderness in the direction of the Red Sea. 
Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long must I put up with this wicked community and its complaints about me? Yes, I have heard the complaints the Israelites are making against me. Now tell me this, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. You will all drop dead in the wilderness because you complain against me. Every one of you who is 20 years old or older and was included in the registration will die. You will not enter and occupy the land I swore to give you. The only exception will be Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. You said your children would be carried off as a plunder. Well, I will bring them safely into the land, and they will enjoy what you have despised. But as for you, you will drop dead in the wilderness, and your children will be like shepherds wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. In this way, they will pay for your faithlessness until the last of you dies dead in the wilderness. Because your men explored the land for 40 days, you must wander in the wilderness for 40 years, a year for each day, suffering the consequences of your sins. Then you will discover that it is like what it is like to have me for an enemy. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will certainly do these things to every member of the community who has conspired against me. They will be destroyed here in this wilderness, and here they will die. And the men, the ten men Moses has sent to explore the land, the ones who incited rebellion against the Lord with their bad report, were struck dead with a plague before the Lord. Of all the twelve who had explored the land, only Joshua and Caleb remain alive. When Moses reported the Lord's word to all the Israelites, the people were filled with grief. Then they got up early the next morning and went to the top of the range of hills. Let's go, they said. We realize that we have sinned, but now we are ready to enter the land of the Lord has promised to us. But Moses said, Why are you now disobeying the Lord's orders to return to the wilderness? It won't work. Do not go up into the land now. You will only be crushed by your enemies because the Lord is not with you. When you face the Amalekites and Canaanites in battle, you will be slaughtered. The Lord will abandon you because you have abandoned the Lord. But the people defiantly pushed ahead towards the hill country, even though neither Moses nor the Ark of the Lord's Covenant left the camp. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in those hills came down and attacked them and chased them back as far as Hormah. Then the Lord told Moses, Give the following instruction to these people of Israel. When you finally settle in the land I am giving you, you will offer special gifts as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. These gifts may take the form of a burnt offering, a sacrifice to fulfill a vow, a voluntary offering, or an offering of any at any of your annual festivals, and they may be taken from your herds of cattle or your flocks of sheep and goats. When you present these offerings, you must also give the Lord a grain offering of two quarts of choice flour mixed with one quart of olive oil. For each lamb offer as a burnt offering or a special sacrifice, you must also present one quart of wine as a liquid offering. 
If the sacrifice is a ram, give a grain offering of four quarts of choice flour mixed with a third of a gallon of olive oil. And give a third of a gallon of wine as a liquid offering. This will be a pleasing aroma to the Lord. When you present a young bull as a burnt offering or as a sacrifice to fulfill a vow or as a peace offering to the Lord, you must also give a grain offering of six quarts of choice flour mixed with two quarts of olive oil and give two quarts of wine as a liquid offering. This will be a special gift, pleasing aroma to the Lord. Each sacrifice of a bull, ram, lamb, or young goat should be prepared in this way. Follow the instructions with each offering you present. All of you native-born Israelites must follow these instructions when you order a special gift as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. And if any foreigners visit you or live among you and want to present a special offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord, they must follow these same procedures. Native-born Israelites and foreigners are equal before the Lord and are subject to the same decrees. This is a permanent law for you to be observed from generation to generation. The same instructions and regulations will apply both to you and to the foreigners living among you. Amen. That was the reading of Numbers 14 to 15, verse 16. In these studies... Okay, Anna, would you like to comment on that? Yeah. Um, let's see what we here. Well, um, well, it just begins very negatively in the beginning. Uh, when the people were weeping and crying out and complaining, uh, and their words that they spoke, um, where it says, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, okay, or if only we had died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, okay, that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So right there, it just shows that the Lord has already done much for the people and they're complaining. And that just is, that just stood out really to me because when we speak something, our words mean something. It has power. You know, it says in the book of Proverbs, I think 1022, that there's life and death in the power of the words and you'll eat the fruit thereof so here are the people seeing all these signs and wonders that the lord did for them while they're traveling through the wilderness and their faith is not even anywhere near after seeing all that that's happened so it just goes to say that complaining doesn't buy us anything it just pushes pushes our faith further back and it takes our hope from us and it it steals. It's like the enemy stealing from you already. You know how he comes to take your, your joy, your peace. Whatever he can take, he'll take anything good. Um, and I think that's a good lesson for us today. Like, are we thankful for where we're at right now, even though it's not perfect? Are we 
do we believe that God has good plans for us? Do we, do we believe his word and his promises? And if so, when we're going through those trials, then speak those things out. Um, you know, um, so that's kind of what really came out that, you know, do I really want to go back to the past where I came from before I was born again? No, you know, do I, do I want to walk in the world the way I used to and things weren't as successful for me? I don't want to go back. I may not have seen the Lord. I mean, I may have seen the Lord on my, uh, his miracles on my life. Yes. But these people, I mean, if a pillar of cloud was available to you in the heat, wouldn't you be grateful here out in Glendora when it gets to be 110, the, the Lord sends a pillar of shade to you? I mean, I would just be jumping for joy, but that's me. Um, so... And then you, and then you got that um, Joshua and Caleb who went to spy for, out the land, and they came back with a good report. You know, um, where the people were afraid, and they're trying to convince the others um, that they're going to a good land, okay, of milk and honey, and don't be afraid. But I like this part, and I've heard it recently in the teachings, the few teachings I've been listening to this year. It says in number nine, uh, 14, nine, it says, only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Okay, so they came back, the two, and they said, look, where we're going, we got this, because the Lord is with us. And, um, the, they're, that's our bread. That's where we're going to eat, <laughs> you know, from these big giants or whatever they're, It's going to give us, you know, the bread for today. It's just kind of interesting. Um, do not be afraid. Okay. Um, so then they got, you know, they brought the good word, right? They brought a good word that, that said, hey, this is a good place. In my version, it says here, the land we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord del delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and he gave it to us. Okay, so that that's a good point because they've already said that, you know, what it, what it is that they saw, okay? And so now the congregation isn't happy with that. Okay, so now what? Um, they're go they're about to get stoned <laughs> by the people because they didn't hear the positive things that the Lord had. Um, wow. So I thought that was interesting. And okay, so what else did you think? Well, you know, there's so many beautiful things that we read here. But the point is, I really like the way Moses' attitude was towards God. Oh, yeah. That's he another... says, please, Lord, prove that your power is as great as you have claimed. That's verse 17, Numbers 14. For you said, the Lord is slow to anger and filled with unfailing mm, amen. love. Amen, yes. Forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion, but he does not excuse the guilty. He does not excuse the guilty. He lays the sins of the parents upon the children. 
upon the entire families affected. So if I'm complaining, I'm cursing myself and I'm affecting my family, so to speak. Um, that's what it says here. I will not excuse the guilty, the guilty ones. Uh, it says, in keeping with your magnificent, unfailing love, Lord, please pardon the sins of this people just as you have forgiven them ever since they left Egypt. Then the Lord said, I will pardon them as you have requested. But wow. as surely as I live and as surely as their earth is filled with the Lord's glory. Isn't that wonderful? That we know there's a God and he's good because the earth is full of his glory. Amen. Now, one of these people will ever enter the land. So because of God's glory, we should have already been believing. And they became immune to believing, you know. It was like, oh, yeah, the cloud is always there. Right. Oh, the, you know, the... Yeah, yeah. no the, big deal. The mm. fire is always there in the nighttime, like the sun, you know. Oh, the sun is always there. The air, all oh, the air is always there. They all have seen my glorious presence and the miraculous signs I perform both in Egypt and in the wilderness. But again and again, they have tested me by refusing to listen to to my voice they will never ever see the land i sort of give unto us and i like this caleb has a different attitude yes. it's all about attitude folks yes. giving god the benefit of the doubt there's so much glory of creation we don't have we don't have any footing to stand on even though the earth belongs to the lord everything above ground is a miracle that's why we have an incredible amount of benefits. And the minute we complain, we cut ourselves up, you know, further from the, from the already established blessings. We're complaining from established blessings already, things that we didn't work for, you know. And, th and then you go to complaining, you are going to cut yourself off for the things that really matter. I, I am sorry, Lord, if I said anything wrong this morning. I was kidding around with Anna and... I pray, Lord God, in Jesus' name, you forgive me for my wrong words, Lord God. May I do something to make up for them, Lord God. Now tell, okay, amen. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I really like this part. That's I, First of all, I love the way Moses, you know, brought God back to his remembrance of who he is. Mm -hmm. And hey, if you do that to the people, they're just going to say you couldn't, you couldn't, you weren't powerful and you couldn't, you couldn't bring them to what you said you're going to do. You know, he kind of like just... They had a family squabble. They, yeah, <laughs> but, you know, Moses is is brave enough to talk to God on that level, mm -hmm. right? Be honest with him. Hey, you know, God took it, his, his input into consideration, you know, which I thought, you know, wow, that's pretty remarkable that, you know, we, we, can, we can work with God. We can co-labor with him. We can bring him into remembrance of his word you know the scripture says that god says to, for us to put him into remembrance of his word so just it, there's no problem hey you remind god god your word says this thank you for performing your word it never comes back void you start using those kind of um you know just like moses did moses not afraid you know to come out and say tell it like it was, you know, in a respectful way, because he's saying, hey, you know, you're, you're a God of mercy, you're forgiving, you've, um, you, you're long suffering, you know, 
And he just pleaded with him. You're, you know, it says, I pray according to the greatness of your mercy, just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt, even until now. So that's powerful, you know. But Caleb, going back to Caleb here, Caleb and Joshua, they went out, they spied the land. You know, we want to be like a Joshua and Caleb. We want to have a difference. My translation here, New King James says, you know, Caleb has, God said, Caleb has a different spirit. Okay. So, I mean, ask ourselves, do I have a different spirit than what the world says? Do I go out and complain, oh, I have to wear a mask in the COVID environment if it's saving your life? You know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, do I, do I, I want to have the spirit of Caleb on me, you know, to be able to, to scope it out and see that God is in the mix somewhere. He's going to work it out. You know, um, we, you know, even in these times, I'm just going to speak for right now is that, you know, there's a lot going on in the world right now and it's easy to get caught up in all the negative activities or events that are taking place but what what do we have to hang on to we have God we have Jesus and his the work that he did at the cross to know that the promises say hey I'm gonna get through this because I put my hope in the Lord and that you know yes whatever's going around me you know Psalm 91 protects me you know the Lord is my shepherd provides for me he's with me he's with us you know, we're, we're constantly refreshing our, our thoughts on those things. No weapon formed against us is going to prosper. You know, we can't be like, we have to have that different spirit in the way of the world. We can't just go, oh, everything's doom and gloom. I mean, if I, if I think in that, those terms, you know, that's what I'm going to attract. And I, I don't want that at all. So I really like that Caleb, in, you know, in this time, we got to have a different spirit so that we can encourage someone else right? So I like that a lot. And then, um, yeah, and then, you know, it, it looks like the people changed their minds. It says, we're going to go to the top of the mountain. Here we go to the place which the Lord has promised, even though they've been, to, you know, they've been told they're not going to go there. Amen. Yeah. You know, I like the, uh, how this Bible explains, um, Right here it says, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. Mm -hmm. and, it, and if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and amen. give it to us. Yes, amen. It is a rich land flowing with milk, milk and, and honey. honey. Amen. Do not rebel against the Lord. Don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. I wonder if it's true for human beings, you know, uh, a turtle will have a thousand eggs and only about a hundred of them will make, them make it to the ocean. The rest will be eaten up by, you know, they won't make it because of the accidents or they'll go the wrong way, whatever. I said that because a lot of us get, God gives us dreams and visions. Mm. Let's say, for instance, God gave me a dream to be a good pilot and what did I end up going to school? Did I end up? I tried going to school. I tried reading pilot books and so forth. I jumped out of an airplane to see if I catch the spirit. Uh, yeah, I did use a parachute. But you know uh, what I'm saying is, most likely, uh, 
that dream is not going to be fulfilled. What I'm saying is, is uh, I was comfortable with my paycheck. I'm comfortable working for somebody else. And God says, take a big risk. Here's a dream in medical. Here's a dream in, in doing something great for the Lord and for the finances. Something that we were made to go and capture the land that takes a lot of work, a lot of a lot of dedication. So I like to ask you folks, remember it's never too late. We can do something of God's will. We have to uh say, Lord, I can do something. Uh, bless me in this time we have now that I may be able to do something. Give me that that Caleb attitude. Amen. That I can, I can fulfill mm-hmm some purpose of your purpose for my life i can fulfill it i can you know not be comfortable with a where i'm at now but go out there and seize my land amen i had a thought but it flee from me yeah okay we didn't really touch too much on the offerings that the lord told moses to tell them about you know when they go into come into the land you are to inhabit which I'm giving you, make these offerings by fire. You know, it mentioned a grain offering, a wine offering, a burnt offering, um, a flower offering, I guess. I'm not sure. A a burnt offering, a peace offering, all of these offerings, they got to come forth with. And I'm just saying, I think the Lord knows how to, he likes measurement, right? Two-tenths here, of oil there, one fourth of this. You know, it's, it's very enough, remark. You know, it's just very precise. It's enough to drive you to drinking. <laughs> I'm like Lord. It's, it's thank God lot, that we're not Thank here. God for Jesus, our Lord, that mm-hmm. fulfilled it and made it easy for us. Amen. You know? That's what I want. That thank you for. You know, we, we, because of His sacrifice. I mean, we got it. It's it's too easy not to do. To get on our knees and pray is too easy not to do. To have a Bible study like we're doing for an hour a day, it's too easy, easy not, not to, to do. do. Yes. To ask God to restore us on our dream or his His dream for us is too easy. Ask Him to give us the craving to get it. Amen. Ask us to give us the desire to do that will of that plan that He showed us, you know. I'm still young enough to get in the airplane and be a good Yeah, person. I mean, you're youthful. Come I on. am youthful. Hallelujah. I am a giant in the Glendora Business Committee. Okay. Amen. So um, we're moving now into the New Testament. I had one more yes. thing. I, okay, I haven't right. been able to say it. The Lord where it says, the Lord heard you say, you said something. He said, you, you said, you complained. You said, the Lord heard you say, and he goes, I will, I will let you have what you said. Mm. He mm. goes, you said it, you get to keep those words. You know? Yeah, yeah, that, that was in there. You know, so we have to be extremely mm-hmm. careful. What we need to say yeah. is always say the opposite of yes. what you're feeling. Exactly. Don't speak it. You know? If it's negative, don't speak it. Words have power. We have to give God the benefit of the doubt. Why do we go to God right away and complain to Him when something doesn't work? It's because people make choices. Other people make choices. And and we're under choices of other people. And that is not God's fault. He's given us free will. 
So we, we have to make the right choice by being an adult and say, well, this is not God's fault. You know, it's circumstances out of my hands has happened to me. But we, don't, we usually cry to God like children. Say, God, you, why did you let this happen? Yeah. You know, but we, we usually, as we didn't get into prayer the days before, the weeks, even if we did and circumstance happened, we have to be thanking God and be a sh- be on the cutting edge. Iron sharpens iron, you know. Be be in in the kingdom of God through His Word. Amen. It's the safest place there is. Yeah, I I I want to just speak a little bit about that because you know we don't want to wait till there's an emergency to start using the Word of God. We want to start using it in advance so it prevents things. You know, whether you're speaking the Our Father, praying that every day. Um, over your children, whether you're speaking Psalm 91 and declaring that, mem- you know, you memorize uh, these scriptures and on the way to work, at home when you're by yourself, cleaning, walking, sweeping, vacuuming, whatever, you sow the word of God, okay? And when you're sowing the word of God, remember the scripture says it always produces fruit and it doesn't come back empty. So, you know, I... I just remember, you know, when my brother went through his bone marrow transplant, I began to prophesy and speak before it came to that day. I didn't do it on that day because I just knew, you know, something had to be worked out in the spiritual realm for him to have a smooth, you know, um, healing. And, and that's, and, and that's what we do. You know, the, the, you know, we, when we sow the word of God, you're going to get 30, 60, 100 fold coming at you. Even if you're sowing the word of God and you need your healing. Okay, maybe you get 30% healing. Then you move, you keep sowing it until you see your 100% manifestation. Because the word of God is the truth. It has power and God will always confirm his word. So, you know... We have to understand that in you know I think it says in Mark chapter four, I don't know it's four nine four thirteen I think it is it says, you know Jesus tells a parable about the sowing of the word. You know how will they understand if they don't sow my word? You know, we got to co-labor with God and bring these things to pass because it's, it's what the word tells us to do. You know, like Fernando said, you know. Stop yourself. If it's nothing positive to say, even if it's somebody that you're not in agreement with, you know, we have to be careful not to slander that person. And we've all done it. I've done it. My, you know, younger years, I would, we'd be gossiping in the workplace and it's not the right thing to do. Instead, you know, you start praying Psalm 23 for the person so that you get that out of your, your heart and you start doing what the Bible says in First Peter 3, 9, which says, you know that don't don't pay evil for evil um or rebel for rebel um instead pray a blessing over the person so that you may inherit the blessing right mhm amen i i found a place right here where it says how long must i put up with the wicked people then the lord said to moses and aaron with this wicked community and its complainings about me. Yes, I have heard the complaints mm-hmm. the Israelite people are making against me. Now tell them this, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do 
to you the very thing I heard you say. Okay, that's in verse 28 of 14. As surely as I live, mm-hmm. declares the Lord. Mm-hmm. How about if he would tell you that mm-hmm. or tell me that, Anna? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fernando, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do the very thing I heard you say. Mm. Wow. Do you turn it around? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. There was another saying, he said, do as you have said. Yes. You know, the king would tell the magistrate, you made this and this plan, do as you have said. When you say it to mechanics or people, they'll turn around and look at you like, because you put them on the spot. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things you I speak, heard you, you speak, yeah. you say. So the Lord is standing there. His angels are standing yeah. there. Mm. Satan wants us to say wrong things. He wants us to, to attack each other, attack the public, mm-hmm. attack every uh, attack thing. Attack the president, the government. When, when, yeah. when we should be worshiping and praising God and singing songs unto him and sending out blessings, sending out blessings, sending out blessings. That's our job as Christians, folks. Yeah. We have the power to bring the presence of God into it. Bless all our enemies. Bless all our neighbors. Don't, even if they're arrogant, the Lord will change it. Mm-hmm. It'll take a couple of years and you'll lose a couple of teeth just by smashing them. <laughs> but keep thanking the God for your neighbors. Keep thanking God. Keep thanking God. Mm-hmm. I don't want to lose my teeth. <laughs> I'm scared. Well, all right, baby, would you, t- would you take us home? Okay, with let's go with Mark chapter. Uh, we're going to the New Testament. Mark chapter 14. We start at verse 53. Um, and it says, And they led Jesus away to the high priest, and with him were assembled all the chief priests, the elders, and the scribes. But Peter followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. And he sat with the servants and warned himself at the fire. Now the chief priests and all the council sought testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimonies did not agree. Then some rose up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy the temple made with the hands And within three days, I will build another made without hands, but not even then did their testimony agree. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Do you answer nothing? What is it these men testify against you? But he kept silent and answered nothing. Wow, powerful. Again, the high priest asked him, saying to him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? Jesus said, I am, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, What further need do we have of witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? And they all condemned him to be deserving of death. Then some began to spit on him and to blindfold him and to beat him and to say to him, prophesy. And the officers struck him with the palms of their hands. Now, as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came 
And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you are saying. And he went out on the porch and a rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw him again and began to say to those who stood by, This is one of them. But he denied again. Okay. And a little later, those who stood by said by Peter again, Surely you are one of them before you, before you are a Galilean, and your speech shows it. Then he began to curse and swear. I do not know this man of whom you speak. A second time the rooster crowed. Then Peter called to mind the word that Jesus has said to him before the rooster crows twice. You will deny me three times. And when he thought about it, he wept. Wow. Amen. Gosh, Lord, so much here. Go ahead, babe. What do you think? Amen. Not three times and at the the ceiling ceiling if you love me. Twice on the pipe. If the answer is no. <laughs> I guess we got to go back and listen to our song that we like. Amen. Well, um, you know, it's all happiness with Jesus Christ. Yes. You know, I was thinking that he, he paid the price for us, but he was slapped and they blindfolded uh-huh, him. Uh-huh. They hit him and, uh-huh. and they started there and he knew it. I like the way he says, uh, you will see the Son of Man. Mm. Jesus said, I am, and uh-huh. you will see the Son of Man. Seated in a place of power at mm. God's right hand and coming in the clouds of heaven. That is an amazing. He told him, you will see that. Wow. So, uh, in that, and seated in a place of power. power. So, when we cry out to God, that's where he comes, where Jesus comes down as a warrior. I have seen him. I have prayed and, and cried. I said, Lord, the... The, uh, the vicious enemies are getting close to me, just like King David. And I saw Jesus uh, fly down from heaven as a 300-foot warrior. And he asked me, he had a, he, and he said, Who's troubling you, my son? Those are exact words he used to me. And he was, and I was like three inches in his heel, protected away from the back of his heel and he was in stand of the warrior's position going to battle goes who's who's bothering you my son wow i and love that it that was like wow yeah yeah incredible incredible so, vision he was a, the warrior jesus christ he goes i i he, he will come down and protect us because we are his we are his i have seen him beat guys up so for you know and uh, they'll teach him to mess with me. You cry out to the Lord, the Lord will come and sweep down. But most of us, he, he expects for us to use his word and to be, like Jesus said, you are gods. You know, to speak properly, prophesy. Mm-hmm. The best thing I can, I can say for me is to, is to speak his promises. You know, a little Amen. book, the, the, the promises of God. Amen. And speak them out on a daily basis with a big glass of water. Bless the water. Call the water wonderful water in unison. And then speak your your scripture fates into the air that will take flight and come back someday and bless you. 
Amen. Well, that's all I have for right now. Yeah, and just going back real quick, just a little bit in closing, um, you know, Peter denied that he knew Jesus three times. But the amazing thing is, you know, he recalled when Jesus told him what was going to happen. You know, he, uh, he it says here, uh, a second time the rooster cr- uh, crowed. Then Peter called to mind the word that Jesus had said to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. Okay. And when he thought about it, he wept. So it, 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 that's a powerful thing. Jesus told him beforehand, you know. I don't know. I don't know. He said, it says he wept. I'm sure he felt bad about it. But, you know, later on, we're going to hear about the restoration of Peter when they were at the fire. You know, and Jesus asked him, Peter, do you love me? Three you, times. <laughs> amen. Feed my sheep. We're going to hear that later. But what I'm saying is, even though Peter did this and it was wrong, Jesus forgives him later and restores him. I want to say amen. I want to say something about this. I finally got my thoughts together. Okay. That um, that he spoke to the people that weren't going to make it to heaven. He said, you're going to see the Son of Man oh, coming yeah. in great power. Now, yeah. he was speaking uh-huh. to the to the high priest, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, though they're dead, they'll be raised to see God's glory coming. Mm. You know, they're going to be, yes. they're all going to be raised and then Jesus uh, was hit for a few hours, tortured in death. Uh, this little eight-year-old girl said that, that a person was on a wheel, and every time he turned around, the fire and the screeches and the scratches of the devils would pour there, and the, he would scream. And then when the person would come back on the wheel, his body would come back to regular. And then his face just shown that he's going into the the screeching and the tearing of the, of the skin and everything, and he's going to uh, receive all that pain again. Eternity, he was stuck stuck on that, going around yeah. and around, being torn, his flesh. But, you know, Jesus' flesh was torn once. You know, he went through that, and then he lives forevermore of the pain. So that's where we, he wants us to celebrate and rejoice I have overcome the world. I have given you my peace, my sinless peace. I am the Lamb of God. Amen. You know, all this that he fulfilled the the most honest pleasure of pleasing God and went into heaven. He's given us that as a gift, as an entrance. His grace, his grace. We're Amen. covered. When God sees us, folks, he sees the blood of Jesus of his son covered. We're sinless. Yeah. We're sin. It's hard to receive it. Receive the love of God. It's one of the hardest right. things for us to see. Okay, commit your heart, your actions, your wisdom, and your will to God. Pray for God's rescue. Amen. Psalm 53, 1 and 6. We commit our hearts, Lord. Lord, we commit our hearts. We commit our actions. We commit our wisdom. We commit our will to God. We pray for God's rescue to rescue us, Lord. Help us. We commit our heart, our actions, our wisdom, and our will. Psalm 53, verse 1 through 6. Only fools say in their heart there is no God. 
They are corrupt and their actions are evil. Not one of them does good. God looks down from heaven on the entire human race. He looks to see if anyone is truly wise, if anyone seeks God. But no, all have turned away. All have become corrupt. Not one does good, not a single one. Will those who do evil never learn? They eat up my people like bread and wouldn't think of praying to God. Terror will grip them. Terror like they have never known before. God will scatter the bones of your enemies. You will put them to shame, for God has rejected them. Who will come from Mount Zion to rescue Israel? When God restores his people, Jacob will shout with joy, and Israel will rejoice. Amen. And Proverbs 11.4, Riches won't help on the day of judgment. But right living can save you from death. Amen. Amen. Um, it's kind of hard to understand this verse. Well, not hard. If we if we take our time, we can find out the the one. Is that? I like the part where it says they wouldn't even think of praying to God. Mm. You know, uh, people that eat up my people that keep mocking and and complaining, criticizing and condemning mm. and are not even thinking of praying to God. Mm. God will scatter the bones of those enemies and will put them to shame for God. The other thing that I see here is is uh, paranoia. Paranoia hits people. And it, it mentioned it right here, that, you know, that it, it's, if we don't pray to God, we're susceptible to paranoia at times. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right, let's go ahead and finish up. Would you finish up a simple prayer, babe? We kept the people for long. Thank you guys for, if you kept this long, you're a wonderful person. Wonderful. <laughs> Father God, we just thank you. We thank you that um, we heard your word and we, we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And we thank you that we have read your word, we believe your word, and thank you for teaching us and speaking to our hearts. And thank you that the people under the sound of our voice are going to receive your word, seek you, and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ so they may prosper. So, Father, thank you for this time. We bless the word. We believe it's going to produce fruit. And we just thank you for being such an awesome, awesome God. In Jesus' name.